What's up, cyber and crypto friends and family? Today is February the 12th of 2019. This is episode 60 of the Cybersecurity and Cryptocurrency Podcast. I'm your host, Eric English. Been a fun couple of days here, so we've got some good news articles that came out uh, over the last week, and we're going to touch on quite a few of these. Uh, in cybersecurity, there's a couple of different Linux vulnerabilities that we're going to talk about. Also going to talk about McDonald's and what happened with them. Also going to talk about some Mac malware that's been coming out as well. And uh, also what's going on with the uh, Swiss voting systems. In cryptocurrency, going to talk about Binance and what's going on with them. Also going to talk a little bit about Oracle and what they're doing in the blockchain space. And last but not least, we will talk about Quadriga, CX, more news on those folks. So to kick things off here, we'll start with the Linux vulnerabilities that have come out here recently. Uh, There's been a couple pretty big ones. Uh, We reported on one last week, but there's a couple more that have come out since then. Uh, One of them is a, essentially it's a a way for somebody to get root access uh, if they get into one of your dockers or your containers and you're running Linux on there, they can actually gain root access on the host operating system so they can break out of that container and gain access to the host system. So that's a pretty big one. Uh, the other one that came out was, they call it the Dirty Sock Vulnerability. I thought that was a funny name for it. Um, this one only affects primarily Ubuntu, but... It does affect all flavors of Ubuntu or spinoffs. And this one is specifically with the SnapD service. Uh, if you're familiar with installing snaps on Ubuntu, it's just a quick, easy way to install you know, all kinds of different software and whatnot. And Snap comes installed by default with Ubuntu now uh, because that's what their Ubuntu store uses to install stuff on the operating system. So there was a a pretty big vulnerability with that. That was kind of interesting the way they found it, but uh, essentially SnapD, which is the Snap daemon, uh, it exposes a local REST API server, um, and that's what the Snap packages interact with during the installation of new uh, applications or new Snaps. Um, and he found the researcher found a way to essentially get around the access control restrictions imposed on the API server and gain access to all API functions, um, including those of, uh, you know, like a root user, for example. So this one is not like a remote uh, vulnerability. You can't exploit this remotely, but if you get any sort of access to a system, then you can certainly exploit this. Uh, well, even if you're logged in with a regular user, you could exploit this and get uh, potentially get root access. So pretty interesting stuff there. There's some uh, code for that one out on GitHub already as well. And I'll post that article in the show notes if you want to check that out. Pretty interesting stuff there. Sticking with the malware trend, uh, everybody says that Macs aren't hackable. Well, you know that's not true, right? So it's kind of funny. There's... A new malware targeting Macs with an EXE extension. Typically, EXEs or executables are only able to run in Windows. Well, the hackers found a way to get these EXEs to run in a Mac OS. 
And essentially what happens is when you try to run an executable on a Mac, Mac has protections uh, and basically says, nope, you can't run this because it's an EXE. It only runs on a Windows system. We're going to block this, right? And the thing that blocks those is called Gatekeeper. It's built into the Mac OS. And essentially they were the... Uh, Researchers were saying that uh, the attackers are hiding this in popular torrent software and whatnot. Uh, and essentially, there's a tiny little payload uh, hidden in that compiler, or in that EXE, I should say. And what it does is it collects and sends system information about the targeted Mac computer, and it basically sends it all back to a command and control server controlled by the attackers. So that's pretty interesting stuff there. Now, the highest rates of infection are in a few different countries, the UK, Australia, Armenia, Luxembourg, South Africa, and the United States. So certainly an interesting uh, piece of malware there with the EXE extension. So if you're running a Mac, make sure you don't download anything that's got an EXE extension and try to, try to run that on your Mac, because it could be malicious. So, especially if you're downloading some torrent software or something. All right, some other news. McDonald's. Everybody loves McDonald's, right? Well, all these, it's funny, all these fast food places have an app, and you can sign up for rewards and do all these fun things, and that's great. And all you can also order on there and all kinds of good stuff. So this article is, is rather interesting. Essentially, McDonald's is saying that the people that this is happening to just didn't have a good enough password, and hackers just got into those accounts. They compromised their accounts and racked up a whole bunch of charges uh, using that person's account. Now, the complainants are basically saying that they do change their passwords regularly, and they don't share them, and they, they use strong passwords, and blah, blah, blah. So the people that this is happening to are just... You know, essentially, like, th this is impossible because I'm doing all these things to protect myself. I use password managers, whatever it is. And it's funny, most of this was happening up in Canada, in, in uh, Halifax and Ontario and uh, up in that area. So that, that was kind of interesting as well. Um, so what they're thinking is that there's some, essentially some potential data leaks going on with McDonald's. Um, in March of 2017, uh, there was, in the Mick Delivery app, it was leaking the personal details of 2.2 million users, including name, email address, phone number, home address, and coordinates and social profile links. So that's pretty, pretty bad stuff there. And then in, um, this was prior to that, in January of 2017, Another cybersecurity researcher found a way to steal customer passwords from the McDonald's website. So certainly interesting stuff there. There's really no definitive answer here as to whether or not it's McDonald's fault uh, or if it's just the people that got, you know, hacked or compromised. So that's kind of an interesting ongoing saga there. So... I'll post that article in the show notes. If you eat at McDonald's or use their app, you might want to be careful. Again, it just underscores the need for a password manager and unique passwords everywhere you go. All right. In some other cybersecurity news, I think this is cool stuff here. The Swiss government came out and said that they're inviting hackers to pen test its voting systems or their electronic voting systems. I think this is great because we've all seen the hacks that have happened or heard about the hacks that have happened with a lot of different voting systems. And this is great that the Swiss are like, hey, come on, let's test it. Let's see what's going on before these elections happen. Let's see if we can fix 
you know, whatever issues there are before, you know, somebody hacks our elections. So that's pretty cool stuff there. If you uh, want to get in on that, I'm sure there's a way to. I don't know how at the moment, but uh, I'll post the, the article in the show notes so you can check that out. But I think this is great. This is something that, well, the U.S. should really do this. But the other problem there is, too, that a lot of these voting systems are done by state, and different states might have different systems and yada, yada, yada. So there's a lot of what-ifs, but uh, I think this is great. And um, essentially, the Swiss, they're going to pay, you know, anywhere from $100 to thirty grand, depending on what, they, uh, depending on what you find. Um, so pretty cool stuff. Uh, basically, if you can manipulate votes, uh, you can get thirty grand. they are even saying up to 50000 Wow. Good chunk of money there if you can get into those systems. So uh, pretty cool stuff there. They did post the source code of their e-voting system on GitLab, so that's kind of interesting as well. So, hey, I think that's great, though. Get out ahead of it. You know, fix your voting systems before something crazy happens. So this is just really good stuff, very proactive by the Swiss folks. Okay, jumping over to cryptocurrency. We did see a big spike in the Bitcoin price a few days ago. Um, it jumped back up from 3,300 up to 3,600. Uh, a pretty big increase there. It was, I forgot how many billions of dollars they said were put back into the market, but it's pretty substantial and we saw a, an immediate spike in the price. So that was kind of interesting. That happened last week. So right now we're floating around uh, 3,600 still. Kind of goes up and down between 36 and 3,500. So that's a good sign so far. It hasn't gone back down below that. Ethereum's also up more than it has been in a while. It's up to 120 now. So that's good. Uh, Ethereum Classic's at $4.07. So overall upward trending. So that's good. Uh, Bitcoin Cash is at $121, so overall pretty good there. At least it's trending upward at the moment. But our good friends at Binance, if you ever have used their their exchange, you know that they have their own Binance coin and all that good stuff. Well, not only has the value of their coin gone way up, they're also releasing a decentralized exchange and they're going to essentially do this, I think, in February, they're saying, which is this month. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. It's going to be available for testing on all devices, Apple, iOS, Mac, Android, Windows, Linux, you name it. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with that when it comes out. But these decentralized exchanges are, are certainly interesting. There's several of them out there already. One of the ones that's been around for probably the longest, I would say, is CryptoBridge. Uh, that's a decentralized one that's been around for a while. S-Codex is also another one that's been around uh, here recently. But now Binance is getting into the decentralized exchange uh, game as well. So definitely interesting stuff there. And you might be asking, why would they want to make it decentralized? Well, that's less resources and less infrastructure they have to have. If you're decentralizing that, you're using the resources of other people's systems. So uh, anyway, they, they obviously have to have some sort of infrastructure there to host all this stuff initially, but uh, the decentralization of it also helps build the trust model as well. So cool news there about uh, our good friends at Binance there. 
Another interesting story I saw the other day was about Oracle and, you know, all the hype about blockchain, blockchain this, blockchain that. It was, you know, so overly hyped the last few years. And it's funny because nobody was really using any sort of blockchain applications. And there's still, it seems like there's very few and far between. But Oracle has been making some waves there in the blockchain application space. And they've got quite a few that are actually in production right now. So that's interesting stuff there. I'm, I'm glad to see it. They've been kind of competing with IBM primarily, but um, they're using it for all different kinds of things like uh, inventory systems and shipping and receiving systems and yada, yada, yada. So uh, pretty interesting stuff there. What's also weird is their pricing model. They charge by transactions. So that's, I mean, I guess that's good. I don't really know. I mean, if you're doing hundreds of transactions a second, that could be <laughs> pretty uh, costly there. But uh, essentially, that's what Oracle says that they're doing. And apparently it's working and they've got actually, you know, customers using this and it's in live production. So blockchain is starting to get out there and there are more people using it and it's actually live at a lot of these companies now uh, seems like oracle and ibm are the two biggest uh, as far as uh, blockchain companies go they're actually running blockchain applications not just a cryptocurrency so that's cool stuff for the blockchain space just good news overall all right the last thing here in cryptocurrency Oh, man, it, the bad news just keeps coming for Quadriga CX. <laughs> man, okay, so this is the exchange whose CEO died. The password was in his head, and nobody can get into these cold wallets because nobody has his password. Well, some auditors from EY found that the exchange sent 100 bitcoins to the CEO's wallet. <laughs> so... So they just lost another 100 bitcoins because somebody inadvertently sent it to the CEO's wallet, and that's the wallet they can't get into. <laughs> so, man, that's just uh, it's just sad news there. An update on the, the ruling in Canada that said you couldn't sue them. That was only a 30-day uh, window where you couldn't sue them for the next 30 days. So it wasn't like a you-can't-sue-them-ever kind of thing. So I wanted to update folks on that as well. So... Man, that's a crazy story. It just keeps getting better and better. You'd think, though, that you know, maybe they can hire some hacker group to try to crack the password or something. I mean, there's got to be a way to, right? There's got to be something. But anyway, EY found that as they were doing their audits uh, of the exchange. And man, it's just terrible to see that. There's also some other reports that a whole bunch of funds were moved out of the exchange right before the CEO died, uh, at least a few weeks before the CEO died. And they're still trying to put that together and, and figure out, you know, how did people know this was happening or, you know, just why was this amount of funds moved out of the exchange? It was it was quite a bit of money, a whole bunch of Ethereum and Bitcoin. So definitely more to come with that story it's the ever giving story there with quadriga cx it's just a shame too to see that but not getting any better anytime soon for those folks unfortunately all right folks that's all i had for today if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at eenglish34 at eenglish34 on twitter also want to thank our sponsor southern graphics t-shirt company 
you can go to their website, southerngraphicstshirtco.com. Uh, once you go to their website, if you click on the link to their Etsy store, uh, you can use the promo code VALENTINES2019 to get 15% off anything in their store. So go check them out as well. they got some really funny t-shirts and whatnot that you can buy from them. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk again soon.